Hello and welcome back to Walk the Cinema podcast. Today we are joined by an American werewolf in New Jersey and we're going to be talking about personal shopper. But first a word from our sponsor. So yeah, we're joined by someone that's been on the podcast before and this time he picked the movie so I'll let him explain. Well, um, first of all, thanks for having me on. Um, I, I always appreciate it, and I like connecting with you guys. Um, and I haven't seen you since you were on my show for uh, Gerald's Game. Um, but uh, it's good to have you back, uh, or to, to be with you guys this way. Um, we were just looking for a movie to connect on. And um, I had, like many people, made fun of Kristen Stewart for the Twilight movies. I wasn't a fan, but then I realized I was an uninformed fan because I hadn't seen them. And so then I watched two of them and then I became an informed fan to criticize because yeah, they're actually that awful. But <laughs> I, I kept hearing these recurring stories that uh, Kristen Stewart and Robert Pattinson were actually amazing actors. Um, and I found that to be true when I uh, accidentally stumbled on an action horror movie that she was in and that barely survived the COVID cut in 2020 called Underwater. Um, and so I had also heard rumors about this amazing thriller, you know, uh, that she was in called Personal Shopper. And then um, one, one time I actually happened to see it and I was just completely blown away. Um, and I've been wanting the opportunity to discuss it. So when I had the opportunity to select the film, I just kind of threw that out there and you guys immediately were like, yeah, personal shopper works fine. Yeah. So that'll, be, that'll be great. <laughs> and I was like, okay, that's cool. Cause now it gives me an opportunity to watch it again. You guys said you had it on Blu-ray Criterion. Yeah. Uh, I have it on DVD Criterion. Uh, so, you know, yeah, it's, uh, you know, what's not to like. Yeah, I was glad you picked it cause I'd seen it before. And honestly, I did hate it because I watched it as a horror movie mm. and that's the wrong way of watching it. I will admit that now, but I did want to watch it again. We did buy the Blu-ray. So, yeah, I was very excited that you picked that one because just an opportunity to rewatch it. And yeah, I liked um, it a lot more. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, I honestly didn't know what to expect other than it was supposed to be a suspense thriller, a paranormal film with Kristen Stewart. Um, and so I had sort of come in with an, with an open mind. And I figured it wasn't just going to be a straight up horror film. And I think like we were talking about before we went on air, um, it's almost an art film. Um, you know, this, this experimental kind of thing uh, that they're doing where, you know, it's, it's tinged with the paranormal, but like all of the best paranormal stories or horror movies or sci-fi, there's a very human story um, in its foundation. And so you have that fantastic story and then you, um, add some paranormal things on top of it. And yeah, you've got a winner. You've got Criterion to watch. Yeah, I definitely uh, was thinking that this was a movie that was wholly unique in mm -hmm. and of itself, because even though it does have elements of different types of movies, like you said, the paranormal aspect and the psychological thriller, I found myself uh, struggling to think of anything that this compared to. And, you know, it it definitely was a new experience watching this movie. Yeah. It, it, it does stand out in that way. And it's, you know, really pretty. And I think it starts really strong. It pulls a lot of tonal shifts, which I... it's The problem is not the tonal shifts, but I do think that sometimes it's undecisive in what it's trying to be, would be my main criticism. 
I don't know if it wants to go for a thriller or a horror movie, and sometimes it's just in the middle. And I would have appreciated if it was more committed to either side. But I did enjoy it a lot more this time. And I think, I mean, everyone praises Christian Stewart more than the movie itself sometimes. And she was fine, but I like the movie more than I like her. I think she has an ability to, and I think we saw this in light of what happened with Twilight and that she sort of retreated from all that blockbustery kind of stuff. Um, you know, she has this thing that she can turn on and, and maybe she's not turning it on. Maybe that's just who she is, uh, where she can just be extremely open and vulnerable. I mm -hmm. mean, you can sense that in, in this character, uh, Maureen. Um, mm -hmm. that she plays and you're just I was just I was dry this was the second time I had seen it um, and I had bought the DVD copy because we were doing the screening uh, for, for this so I was happy to do that um, and it, it was just it was a treat to watch um, just how good she is um, it's mm. beautifully shot like you said it's right there in Paris um, I, Paris is like one of the most beautiful cities on earth um, I, I love it. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, it's just, the cinematography is fantastic. Uh, whether you're in this these sort of uh, dusky scenes where she's, you know, riding the moped through through the streets of Paris, or whether she's in the big empty house that's full of shadows, you know, uh, it's not an American setting, and mm -hmm. it, it, you can tell it's not directed by an American director. It's not yeah, an American production at all. Like, there's no American people involved in it except some actors. Everyone yeah, else is European. Yeah, it doesn't have any of that kind of... I, I hate to say it because Americans can make great films, but that sort of ham-fisted, you know, bare-knuckle, you know, kind of thing. I, I don't think that... It, I, I don't know that too many American directors would, unless it would be directing at the highest levels, uh, the, the very best directors would be able to handle something like this and balance it. Like you said, where it doesn't, it doesn't fit into one category. It, it kind of moves back and forth, which, you know, I, I could see that being frustrating. Um, mm -hmm. But I just, I, I thought it was, I thought it was great. I think it's mostly frustrating for me because I like the beginning so much more where it is just a beautifully shot movie about her connection to her dead brother. I like that a lot more than the actual spirits or the murder part of this movie. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I, I've i thought about it a little bit more. And like after I watched it, after like right after we watched it, mm -hmm. I was kind of on the fence about it. But the more I've thought about it, the more I kind of like it more. Mm -hmm. um, I'm just trying to uh, think of an example that I can share with people. Okay. <laughs> I don't, I don't have an example for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say, I, I want to go back to your your um, point about Christian Stewart. And um, I saw all of the Twilight movies when they came out. So <laughs> It was one right for, at the right time. One for punishment, huh? Okay. Yeah. Well, they came out when I was, you know, a teenager. At so. that age. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Okay. So it was, it was very, the perfect timing. It was perfect timing. Yeah. But I, yeah, yeah. I do recognize that they're very bad and they're hilarious to watch, <laughs> I think, going back to them. But Ooh, it's... Yeah. I'd say that her, Christian Stewart's acting in this, she's kind of playing a very similar 
character in the sense that both Bella from Twilight and Maureen from this are kind of awkward and unsure of themselves a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like in Maure- Maureen had stated when she was talking to the person on the phone, the unknown number, that she admitted that she wanted to be someone else. And I feel like that's kind of similar, at least in like portraying emotions mm. as like an unsure teenage girl that's trying to figure herself out too. So, but I think that she definitely, you can see an elevation in this movie in terms of her portrayal of that kind of same unsure footing Mm. emotion. When I think of her at this point, I think of Spencer because I think that's just so good. And Mm. I think she's incredible in that. You should. Okay. Yeah, it's on Hulu. She does an excellent job. And I I think she does a much better job than she does in personal shopper not that she's bad i do think she's good but she stands out so much in spencer that this just kind of she doesn't carry it as much and then with the tonal shifts it kind of lets me down at points Mm -hmm. and i do think the texting element is not my favorite in movies overall not just to put it on this movie but a lot of straight horror movies do use the texting element and i just i just don't love that I, I haven't seen that much tech. This was, for me was it was unique. I haven't seen films that have that much texting as part of the dialogue. I mean, for quite a while, there's this portion of the film, maybe the second act of the film when the texting starts, that that sort of takes over for the dialogue. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and like, so she has to carry that in her face. Right. Yeah. You know, and I, I thought she did a really good job. Um, she's she's she starts out the movie on the back foot, you know, and and what I what I got out of the texting and you know getting to the second act um, is just how lonely she is. Mm. You know, she's in there by herself. Her brother has just died. Um, you know, the brother's girlfriend is trying to sell the house, or she's trying to sell the house. She doesn't really have any friends per se you know, that are separate from this tragedy. So, you know, like, because, like, you know, everybody sort of has retreated into their space, yeah. but they're only sort of gathering for these these things about her brother, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. It kind of seemed know, like she was only in Paris because of her brother. And then when he's gone, she's still there trying to connect with his ghost, and this this passing chance that she can yeah that's a really good point though that it showcases her loneliness i didn't think of it that way for the you yeah. know the use of texting and yeah she has to carry a movie where she's not talking a lot yeah that is a good point i i, I do like that aspect but i just don't like the texting itself hmm. yeah, i think yeah, it's yeah. i think it's more along the lines of like it's trying to be ambiguous with that because we're we're not sure if it's an actual person that has her number that's texting her. True. Or is it the spirit that she saw in the house? Is it yeah. her brother? You know, we don't we don't know, I think, up until pretty much the very end. Kind yeah, of. But when that yeah. happens, I think of Unfriended, which is kind oh, of a silly <laughs> horror yeah. movie. Where, oh, like, God, yeah. the spirits control the phone. I yeah, think that's, that's a little true. silly. The instant message, yeah. They're controlling the instant messages or something like that. Yeah, and I, I don't think yeah. this movie would go that silly. Mm-hmm. Or if it, if it would, it's a little, like, off pace for it. Mm-hmm. The, the tone never gets super heavy. 
Um, there's just enough suspense to keep you going. Seeing this for the second time and understanding where the texting is coming from, it had a different effect on me because I immediately associated the texting with stalking. Mm. And so I was like, oh, that's, you know, and so, you know, there's also that's, and I usually don't think about this too much, um, but, you know, um, you know, how unsafe it would feel. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. for someone to just start texting, I know where you are. You know, you're going to London, you know, you're, and, and so th there's a, there's a, like a, a different kind of creep factor um, that happens the second time around knowing that, you know, but that she chooses instead, maybe I, I, I don't, I'm not exactly sure why to turn into that instead of block, because she starts out saying, I'm going to block the number. Right. But then she doesn't block the number. And so, you know, the person on the other end of the phone sort of becomes like her confessor. Mm -hmm. I think she yeah. wants to believe it's her brother, and that's why she's hesitant in just well, eliminating that. that. Well, I think it's that, and also she has no one to talk to. True. Yeah. You know, like she has a boyfriend, and he seems like a decent guy, but his head's in the clouds over in Oman. You know, he's up in North Africa somewhere, you know, doing his thing, and she just, you know, forget her boss, you know, Kira. Yeah, she's, know, yeah. she's just, not. <laughs> yeah, there's, I mean, there's nobody for her to talk to. You know, yeah. and then we get to this, you know, I mean, what we don't even know, you know, the the brother's girlfriend within 90 days has already met someone else. Yeah, I think that that probably, even though she says it's fine and that she deserves to be, the, the brother's girlfriend deserves to be happy. I think that it does kind of show that she... I, I think it, it accentuates how lonely she is again because this one yeah. person that kind of felt the same feelings yeah. that she did like she could relate to her yeah. but now she's seeing her yeah. moving on and yeah. that kind of hurts her more than the fact that she dated the boy the, uh, the brother yeah and i think that um that probably further pushes her into this unknown number you know because yeah. mm. that's all that's all she has she can't talk to anybody because yeah. nobody knows what she's going through and and plus sometimes it's easier you know maybe this is why therapy works it's easier to talk to a stranger. Mm -hmm. yes. You know, you don't have the judgment. You don't have to right. see the expression on someone, on your friend's face or in mm -hmm. your family member's face, you know, when you say what it is that you're thinking necessarily, you know? So, you know, it's easier to talk into this sort of anonymous uh, outlet, you know, that sort of presented itself, which I understand. But at the same time, like I said, I am, uh, upon watching it the second time, immediately associated with stalker. Mm. You know, and he is very, the person on the other end of the phone is very dangerous. Yeah, you know, we see she, that. What, yeah. she did was, what she did was very foolish, you know, but yeah. she's just yeah. so desperate and starved for contact with someone that, you know, she ends up sort of, you know. Doing you know, really go, stupid things. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, like going to the hotel. Mm-hmm. You I think know, it's it's definitely one of those things where the intrusive thoughts like, oh, what if I did this? But then this person is kind of giving her permission to mm -hmm. do those things, like try on uh, Kira's clothes or, yeah. you know. Not be herself. Not Yeah, just not be herself, which is yeah. what her goal is to be different. And I do think once she goes to Oman and she feels like she's closer to someone that likes her, which would be her boyfriend. She does start to question why she's trying to talk to ghosts. I mean, that's the ending, right? 
where she says, is it you or is it just me? Mm. I think, yeah, I think with that part, she does mention that the ghost medium thing was kind of her brother's thing and that he was better at it and she was just kind of following along. Mm -hmm. And I think that she's trying so hard because they did make that pact that whoever dies first has to try to make contact. So she is doing her best to try and uphold that promise to find his contact, you know? Hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, she she's living two lives and they're both kind of empty. Mm -hmm. She's living this life as the personal shopper for this completely amoral, you know? <laughs> you, know yes. you know, she's just, yeah, here's the money, you know, I, you know, my boyfriend's in the other room. I'm discussing with my lawyer to save this gorilla, but the gorilla has to be there in the photos. You're like, you know, things that are just nonsensical. This person has no attachment, you know, yes. to any sort of, you know, real world situation. Um, but then the search for her brother's spirit is equally empty. Mm -hmm. You know, there, there's nothing, in, you know, she's just like, you know, she, you know, she hates the job. And she wants to get out of there, but she, she feels sort of pinned in, you know, by the, by this obligation. Yeah, it's just like, she just can't leave the city in general because she believes that there's what... Yeah. Yeah, she has to be there because that's where the ghost is. Yeah, yeah. But we kind of see that there's at least something following her because in the, the last scene, it's it's she sees the floating cup and it smashes on the floor again. Which is the same floating cup that we see in the background. Mm-hmm when she's at uh, the girlfriend's house. Mm -hmm. Her brother's girlfriend. Yeah. I don't know if it's supposed to be the same spirit. I don't know if it matters that it's the same spirit. Because it's either. not about the spirits. It's about her. Yeah. That's why it's called personal shopper and not ghost hunter. Right. <laughs> I think it does. This movie does kind of tread the middle line where it, it, it could be something that she's kind of making up in her head or it's like an outwardly thing that's going on with her versus something that's actually physically happening like an actual ghost is there smashing things and mm. and stuff I felt like it was very middle ground I guess because there you obviously hear the thuds when she's asking questions but then when she's asking or is it just me it also answers back in like a affirmative type way I, don't I guess know. it's a yes because it's a single thump or yeah we don't get the rules yeah, my interpretation is that yeah, it is her. Like she, as in, mm -hmm. she needs to like clean her act up. Hmm. You know, yeah, it, it's you. You know, I mean, it, yeah. is it your brother saying it's? It, I think it's yeah. I'm your brother. Yeah, I'm saying it's you. You know, because I mean, throughout this movie, I mean, she's done some really dumb things. Yes, you know, she's she's placed her life in jeopardy. Um, you know, just to you know, and I get it. You know, that human you know need just to feel something. But I mean, she could have really easily been killed here. Yeah, and um, she could have been. I, I immediately thought when we were watching this that she was going to be framed for the murder. She almost was. And yeah, yeah, she almost was because this person that was texting her like did all of his steps kind of right, where he got her into the hotel, he got her at the scene. Right, completely you know. tricked her because he saw it was she was vulnerable. Yeah, and then when she talks to the police, she leaves details out doesn't completely answer questions it's yeah yeah and they think it's for the, any of the text messages yeah yes. and she think they think it's for the necklace or something the, else i that think she it's the took. cartier jewelry yeah, yeah the cartier whatever that she keeps 
Yeah. That she doesn't remember remember keeping. Mm. I mean, it's very suspicious. So yeah, the, the she gets set up perfectly to, to be framed. Ends up not working out. But I don't again, I don't think that matters to the ending. No, but I think it's it should be a wake up call for her. Mm. Yeah. In terms of her behavior, I guess. Yeah. And I guess yeah, maybe the ending is like the ghost potentially her brother being like wake up this like take yeah. your life into your hands yeah like i'm gone you need to you know I, i've been gone for three months now you know you need to you need to pick up with your life here and, and you, I, I felt i mean I, I don't know if we're rushing it but i, I felt that uh it ended on an optimistic note hmm. uh, i felt that the film ended on i, I didn't think it was ambiguous um, I think she was an Oman. Uh, the boyfriend um, seems solid, and he seems solid because of one thing that he said. Um, it's Spartan, but that's the way you said that you wanted it. Mm. You know, so he's kind of, you know, he seems level-headed. He's not trying to do these excessive kinds of things. Yeah. You know, this is what you said. This is what I'm, you know, this is what we're doing. Um, this kind of thing, um, you know. I think it ends on an optimistic note, not necessarily, you know, wedding bells or something like that. That's not what I'm saying, but I mean, for her, um, yeah. you know, her being in Oman is the right place for her to be. I do think it's optimistic in the way that she did learn and she does seem to be different now mm-hmm. at this point where she's close to her boyfriend, but I don't know. I, I still think it goes in the middle row where it doesn't really want to answer you and sure it's on purpose, but I don't know if I like that. Mm. That that can be French films, mm. you know. French films can <laughs> can true. you know can end very ambiguously, um, you know, and they sort of leave it up to the they they don't try to solve everything, um, you know. But I think it takes of... the middle road throughout the whole movie, not just the end. Well, she is on the middle road. The uh, yeah, I think that is, is the point. I think the, yeah, the point is oh, the character sure. is in the middle, and she's struggling. And you know, do I stay here in this job that I want? Do I, you know, mm-hmm. she's uh, she's completely undecided throughout the whole thing. She she, she doesn't really make any decisions. Okay, you know, that's true because she's, she's she's just ahead. she's making decisions for well, not even really for other people. She's just kind of doing what yeah, she's doing they what want she's to told. do. Like yeah. I think at least when I I saw it, kind of made me feel like she was uncomfortable selling the house so soon um, after his death, but she was just kind of going with the flow because that's what the girlfriend wanted. And then, you know, she, you know, doesn't try on any of the items, even though she wants to, because she's afraid Kira is going to yell at her, even though it seems like she'd done it in the past or maybe had wanted to in the past and Kira sure yelled at her, but didn't like fire her or anything. I mean, everyone hates her. Everyone knows how she is. Yeah. But she's still too scared to do anything for herself, you know? Yeah. Yeah. She doesn't have any agency. Yes, that's she a good, good way to put it. She doesn't have any agency. She doesn't. Um, she doesn't really make any decisions. She kind of, you know, just, you know, she's just kind of like a leaf blowing in the wind. She, you know, whatever direction the wind is blowing, that's the way she's going. You know, so much so that if a stranger starts talking to her on the phone, you know, yeah, she's just kind of like, okay, she just, just kind of okay, yeah, uh, you know, let's keep on talking. You know, that kind of thing. Um, she, yeah, she's never really a a person who makes any decisions until she decides to come to Oman. Yeah. I, yeah, that's her her first ever. This is I'm gonna do this for myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's kind of the 
I mean, you see her by herself a lot in this film when she's on the train, when she's riding her moped, when she's picking up stuff. But I feel like this was the first time that she was by herself on this trip because she wanted to be, you know, Mm -hmm. this is what she wanted to do. I can't imagine being by myself in Paris. That city's you, you like it, but I think it's a mess. (laughs) I've been there and I think it's a beautiful mess. Oh, really? I, yeah. uh, I I went there um, and I used to teach at a French school um, mm. in Asia. So they have French French because French people are everywhere. They're mm. just, they are they're just fucking everywhere. And um, <laughs> so they set up schools. You know, in any place that they have an embassy, they have an, a government school uh, that teaches the French curriculum. And I taught English there for a year. Um, so uh, this was in South Asia somewhere. And when I went to Paris, I just contacted all the people that I knew. Look, oh, I'm going to be there. So they were they were there to take me around, you know, and, and that kind of thing. And plus, there were some mm. things I wanted to see on my own. But um, when I would uh, come home from other locations, I would have like these six hour layovers at De Gaulle, um, mm. and I would take the train in the Gare du Nord, and uh, just have breakfast in the city and walk around for a couple of hours, and then hop back mm. the train back into C- uh, CDG. And um, yeah, it was, it's great. I love it. But I, I think we can agree that the airport has a very annoying jingle <laughs> that goes off every five minutes. I, I don't. I, I don't remember that. I would just hang out in the lounge. <laughs> I would just hang out yeah. in the lounge and kind of. It does have a. I think you you can hear it everywhere. We've been in the Paris airport a lot, just <laughs> as as connection flights. Yeah. And God, I hate that jingle. Well, the next time if you have like a six hour layover, take the train in. And right outside the train station, there are these really cool cafes and restaurants. Because I would have it from like 6 in the morning to 12 noon. That would be my layover. And so I would just, you know, take the train into into the city and go right across the street from the train station and have breakfast. And, you know, I could walk around for a couple hours. And that would probably get rid of the jingle. So Yeah. All I ate in Paris was pizza in the rain because that's all that was open during COVID. Yeah, he had to go during COVID, so probably wasn't oh. the best. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I used to hear all these horror stories that like Parisians were uh, rude and everything like that, but I found everyone to be really great. I, I know like this much French, um, and it was funny because every time I would uh, try to say something in French, they would automatically respond to me in English. <laughs> you know, so I thought that was kind of cool actually. Like I'm a try, I like I'm trying. So all right, you're not going to make it difficult for me. You know, yes. that kind of thing. So I I've, I've I've experienced that in Portugal where I know <laughs> this much Portuguese and I'll try to say stuff and they're just like, I know how to speak English. Don't yeah, yeah. please don't yeah, embarrass yourself. <laughs> <laughs> it happens that way. But I mean, you know, I I mean what I also put together was I would be a lousy personal shopper. Mm-hmm. I mean, I do not I would be picking out all the wrong clothes. Like when she picks out that spangly dress. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I would have been like hell no. Like put that thing, you know, things hideous looking, and yet somehow when she put it on, it was like a horse of a different color. But like to see it on the rack, you never would have would have guessed anything like that. So yeah, yeah. I I was also thinking the same thing. But it, I think it would be fun to right. to shop for people. But I think I would be a very <laughs> poor person and have to call the person a hundred times a day trying to to get what they actually wanted and. Just defeats the purpose. Yes, yes, it does defeat the purpose. Yeah. And Kira seems hard to work with. Yeah, I'm sure those people that you're working for probably are a lot of fun. They just expect you to be able Mm. to read their mind, you know, Mm. that kind of thing. Um, But I mean, 
you know, it was clear that she knew what she was doing, but it, it would still be a cool gig. I mean, you'd get to live in Paris and, you know, I wouldn't have a scooter, but, you know, uh, yeah. it, would pretty, it would be pretty cool to get around that way. Um, it, the, the shots in Paris were extremely beautiful. Um, the nighttime shots, you know, as she rolled around the city. Yeah. Um, I, ju I just thought it was fantastic. Um, yeah, the movie did look great. But I think the editing at times took me out of it. They used a lot of fades, fade outs as soon yeah. as a sentence would end. And that kind of would take me out of it. There okay. were a few that were like that, that were a little jarring. Yeah, it's like I'm watching a movie and then this happens. I'm like, what the heck? Why would they like just cut so quickly? Which maybe there's a point that I'm missing. But even if there is, it still took me out of the movie. I, I, it didn't bother me all that much. Um, she did another film with the same director and like based on the strength of this movie um i've ended up ordering it uh, and it's with her and uh juliette benoche uh, hold on i'm looking it up now <laughs> if i can find it the clouds of sills maria um mm. directed, by, directed by the same guy and i think that's a criterion also um in which she won like the french equivalent for the oscar so i'm going to give that a shot so. Yeah, yeah, I that think sounds we'll, interesting. we'll probably do that because I feel like even talking this movie out with you has made me enjoy it a little bit more. Yeah, I was going to say that when we got to our rating. Yeah. I did give it a 6 out of 10. But after talking about the movie and hearing different opinions, I do like it more. And I do think I did miss parts of it mm -hmm. that I could have enjoyed more. But there's also, there's always a third time. We still have the Blu-ray. Yeah, this was my first time watching it. So I was about oh, where really? you are. Yes. Okay. This, okay. This is, okay. A, this is about a six out of ten for me, and I think watching it again, knowing what I know, like knowing the ending and and like where the texts are coming from, kind of just the overall tone of it. I think watching it again, it's probably going to. I'll probably see more things that I missed mm -hmm. and enjoy it a little Definitely. bit more. I, I remember um, watching it the first time, and I was like, oh. Okay, yeah, not understanding, you know, so it was a yeah. different understanding that I had um, in terms of the texting, because otherwise mm -hmm. the movie's pretty straightforward. Yeah. In a sense, in a sense. Um, but then, you know, this time understanding it, you know, I sort of, yeah, I did see it through a different lens, and I was like, wow, this is really dangerous what she's doing, mm -hmm. you know, and this kind of thing. But, um, yeah, I mean, I just... You know, I didn't consider it a fault that she was a character. She was just a flawed character. Yeah. You know, and almost like an unreliable, what you would consider like a, what we would say in English as an unreliable narrator. Mm -hmm. uh, I didn't have a problem with her character being the middle role. I had a problem with the directing not picking a side to lean on. So he just kept switching a lot. Because I really liked the beginning as a thriller where she's trying to connect to her brother. And then when it switches, I just don't like it as much tonally. I do get it now that it's, it is the lonely aspect that we see. And it is her evolution. But just watching it, it is a little jarring it at points. Yeah, it doesn't always meet expectations. What your expectation yeah. is. But like for me, um, the very, like I said, the very best horror movies or paranormal movies are the ones that aren't rooted in paranormal in the paranormal they're rooted in very like, like like say you take carrie for example you know what i'm brian de palma's carrie yes like, mm -hmm. th like that movie's just about a bullied kid yeah with a crazy mother and this one yeah. group of people who 
take an opera. There's one person, like one person in the whole world extends an olive branch to her. Like, I'm going to let you, my boyfriend, take you to the prom. Mm-hmm. You know, because we've all been a piece of shit to you for like our whole lives. Yeah. You know, and so just for one moment, everybody sees Carrie White is actually a person before sure. the cruelest people just yank it away from her and pull the rug out from her, from her and say, you know, you know, you don't get to win. That mm-hmm. has nothing yeah. to do with the paranormal. Right. You know, that's the and, and that's what I what that's what I've seen makes the best kind of of horror movies. When you add the horror on top of that, mm-hmm. then yeah. But at the same time, Brian right. De Palma's carry is really good. I, yeah, that's I love I mean, Brian. Palmas carry, yeah. yeah, I love it. But there's other remakes. There's the made for TV one oh. with the girl from May, and there's just a newer one with Chloe Grace Moretz, and those suck, even though it's still the same story. Yeah. So it's yeah. the directing here that that I I'm pointing Direct- fingers at. Yeah, and you could also uh, well, I mean, I don't I don't know too much about Chloe Grace Moretz. She's in this other movie I was just talking about, Clouds of uh, whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah. um, you know, it's it's tough to beat Sissy Spacek. Well, I also think sure. that Chloe Grace Moretz doesn't look like she'd be bullied, and that's the major problem because it's yeah. Carrie White, and she doesn't look like she'd be Carrie White. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's it's the actors, it's the directing. There's a lot of problems that could happen. But I think in this one, it is the director for me that could lean more to a certain genre. I don't know. Maybe I, I'm just expecting too much out of this movie, and that's why I didn't enjoy it as much. But I still give it a positive rating. i tell you what. After the show, six months, nine months down the road, give it another view. Definitely. I do yeah, want to watch it again. Conversation. Yeah. 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 Nine months or so it. down the road, pop it in again once, you know, it's raining one day or something like that. And you're just laying on the couch, pop it in and see what you think. And then, uh, yeah, definitely. Know. I will watch it again for sure. All right. This made me want to watch it again. Yeah, definitely. We just watched it and I want to watch it again because <laughs> of this great conversation. Very cool. Very cool. <laughs> So uh, unless anyone has anything else to add, I think I'll wrap that up here. And uh, we'll see you next time. And you can find us at An American Werewolf in New Jersey's YouTube channel or any other platform because we're going to be there to talk about the Evil Dead. Yeah, that's right. In about uh, a little bit, we'll be uh, changing the swap and the roles here and I'll be hosting uh, the, the first part of the Evil Dead double feature. Lord help us. (laughs) 